Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Well, to be alive, at least at some point in your life, you felt like an outcast. I think it's fair to say that. Doug Burst is back with us. He's a regular guest on our show, producer and the host of the Fairly Spiritual Radio Program podcast, also the author of Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. Doug, first off, talk about uh, Outcast. Uh, you want me to talk about the Outcast? I was thinking about all these movies that talk about uh, someone going from rags to riches or from uh, poverty stricken, you know, hardly any access to anything, and they become a tremendous I don't know, leader, scientist, celebrity, whatever it is. And, and we like those narratives. We even kind of teach our kids that, you know, do something great for the kingdom of God. And then we kind of assess the greatness of our lives based on what we've accomplished, you know, a larger audience, more influence, doesn't have to just be money. It could just be some, we went from something small to something big. But when I think about Jesus, the story of Jesus on earth starts as what? He's a, a pauper. He's with the lowly. Uh, but the story ends there as well. If you go on with Jesus's life, it's not from pauper to king, it's from pauper to pauper. He has a certain level of, let's say, influence, but he doesn't become, you know, powerful within what the, the government. He doesn't become powerful among the religious. Uh, he, you know, he's crucified like a common criminal, and yet he did the will of the Father. And that's just kind of been going through my mind. I've had lots of transition lately in my own life. The concept of what is a successful life or What's the goal of this life? And Jesus models to us, he is a king who becomes a pauper, and he stays in that position of the servant of all and carries out the Father's will. He's not someone who was a pauper who became a king. He's a king who lived amongst us as the servant of all. And so for me, that's kind of what I'm processing this holiday season, also going into the new year, is what am I supposed to be living for? You know, is it more whatever, more followers, more influence, uh, more people to buy my book, which I wouldn't mind if that happened? <laughs> or is it really just to be faithful to the life God has entrusted to our care? Because God loves the ordinary life. All of our lives are ordinary, and that's beautiful. God loves humans just as we exist, made in his image, wonderfully made to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion. Uh, he has blessed every ordinary person with an extraordinary reality, an extraordinary existence. And maybe during this holiday time, that'd be a good thing to focus in on when we gather around the tree or we pray. It's not about becoming something more. It's often about appreciating who we truly are in Christ. I love that, Doug. I mean, because as you said, you know, we live in this crazy era of the celebrity influencer, TikTok star. And if you, you know, sort of judge yourself by your number of followers, and if you don't have X, well, then you're kind of a loser. Whatever happened to the people who just showed up faithfully and went about their lives and, you know, did what they did. And at the end of the day, they went home. I mean, we're so far from that now. So uh, I think a lot of us are outcasts because we don't ascribe to that. Yeah, well, one of the things, the problem with having, well, you're going to live a really special life is to have a special life, that means other people have to be less special than you. Mm -hmm. uh, it creates a hierarchy. For me to be the, the great minister, it means other ministers need to be not as good as me. <laughs> and there's something wrong with that mentality. And we promote it. We promote the extraordinary stories. We even give them as the sermon illustrations. And and that person became the next president of you know some company and, and, and will delight in those stories. But I think if you get around most Christians, 
there tends to be this dissatisfaction that I'm not what I should be. And if I only did more, you know, this idea that I should be something else, but I am what I am. And maybe this year I'll change and become something more. There's something wrong with motivating the majority of the population with becoming something else. I think Christ, the story of the gospel is God valuing our existence as it is, rescuing us from our sins, saving us, but redeeming every person as someone made in his image, dearly and wonderfully loved, uh, set aside for noble purposes from in advance. And I think our noble purposes are to live this life with love and grace and kindness and to reflect the image of Christ, whether we ever get any sort of position of fame or accolades. Hmm. I love it. Doug, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this idea of being an influencer has a particular has an appeal for any person, uh, but I think it has a particular appeal for Christians. I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if it harkens back to our the era of tent preachers, or of Charles Spurgeon talking to ten thousand people without a microphone, or it it harkens to how closely portions of the church are. Um, associated with power, which is not new in this era. I mean, that's been, the church has been associated with power for, you know, 2000 years. But so you could I, see why you want I to wonder, do that. Yeah, but, but that, do you think that, like, it just seems like Christians have, I feel that, I have that pull of, you know, I should, I'm I, doing I great should, things for I the kingdom. An, I, or I should be doing more. I should be, I yeah. should be more of an influencer. You know, it's interesting. I think depending upon the, uh, you know, denominational distinctives and, there's different reasons we push this. I think at some level, it's trying to validate our faith and the authenticity of our relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if there's this spiritual fruit, it's a sign, yeah, I really do know Christ and Christ knows me. And if I don't see that, then I just have to trust by faith that this salvation is enough, even if the church doesn't grow or people don't listen to your radio show or whatever the thing is that you say shows that, oh, yeah, I, I really do have something. And you'll see... You know, Pentecostals will do this. A sign that I'm anointed is I have this fruit around me. Mm -hmm. uh, people who believe, you know, more predestination, the, the sign that God has set me apart is look at this influence I have. And they might not say that, but there's something that we do that with, we internalize that I need some external fruit to validate that God truly does love me and I truly am on the right side or in the right position. But we know that historically, or even around the world, people who live in tremendous poverty, war-torn communities, Christians who live in those environments, the fruit of their life is not going to be fame, fortune, money, even longevity. The fruit of their life will just be faithfulness, serving the Lord in the midst of poverty, serving the Lord in the midst of a war-torn country where things are outside their control. No one is going to be judged their life as more worthy than anyone else's based on the fruit of their life, except for just faithfulness. They were faithful for the relationships entrusted to their care and faithful to following God. Amen to that. I mean, I hear you talk about this, Doug, and I know the truth of what you're saying. At the same time, I'm sure you, Kath, people, you know, you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you kind of go, okay. Now what? Should, should I be doing more? Yeah. Could have, would have, should have. Yeah. It's just, I think it's yeah. human nature, whether yeah. you're a believer or not. But it is true. Your point is well taken about, you know, Jesus and the outcasts. And we don't, uh, he, we know that he loves us. I know that intellectually. I know that in my heart. At the same time, could I have a little slice more? I just yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. who we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one thing to, to do something more based on the favor of the Lord that you feel. 
It's another thing to try to do something to gain God's favor. And I'd ask your listeners, are you doing the next great thing? Because, you know, you love the Lord and you're excited and you want to share it with others. Or are you doing it at some level to try to gain God's favor or the favor of others? If you start doing it for the favor of others, uh, life becomes pretty miserable. And also you become pretty dangerous because now the expectations of others begin to influence your obedience to God. I'm into that. Well, Doug, we love you. I want to thank you for uh, yeah, for joining good, us on the John and Kathy show, <laughs> the John and Kathy show here on Word FM. Love you guys. Merry Christmas to you, friend. Bye. Merry Christmas. All right. Best of the fam. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.